and we're back hello hi everybody how are you feeling um which station are you on like i probably for this episode i'm probably gonna call it a udl a couple times like just go with it or not <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> so which station on your udl are you on have you already started noticing anything new it's fine if not we've only just begun i'm in no rush um and we know that i will talk so um so let's kind of like get into this a little bit um i think first i think taking the first step or or asking the question and and, and opening yourself up to get to know yourself better is already going to do wonders so if you don't write a letter if you don't keep listening i think allowing it into your awareness that maybe you don't know yourself fully is enough like mountains will move because of that and i get guarantee that there are signs all around you that are inviting you to yourself um which is why i can so boldly say things like or why i'm willing to so boldly say that you might not know yourself very well it's only for the best so i've already started asking some of these questions but before we start an episode like yes i have a lot to say i recommend books and post all kinds of fun things but more than any particular resource, I really just want you to connect with yourself. Um, I'm gonna crack some jokes, so I imagine that you might leave away, leave, walk away feeling like, oh, like that was fun. But before we start, I want you to kind of check in with where you are, with like your vibration, so like your mood, your energy, kind of like how you're feeling, if you're rested, if you're satisfied, um, at ease, um, or angsty, or frustrated, or mad, and then kind of identify where you want to be when we finish. Um, not to sound spooky, but I am very, very careful and intentional about the state that I'm in whenever I'm recording episodes and if I'm preparing stuff. So just think of this as like this container, this as like a shopping center of, of moves, because um, I'm going to take you through a range. And so like identifying where you want to be when we finish is probably that plus being clear where you are. It's just a good practice to have. So if you go into a job and you're like, oh, I came in here clear, happy, and satisfied, and now I'm not, you can very quickly distinguish what's stuff that you're feeling and what's not. But that's another episode. That's another whatever. Anyway, um, but like I said in the first episode, I think it's important or important to me at least to expose you all to this, the human process of creating. So to everything I just said about... um making sure that I'm in a, a clear and, and loving and a gentle state. Um, it's the reason why I'm a little bit late. Um, that and also I'm doing a lot of this for the first time. So I'm getting my sea legs and I'm, I'm developing my rhythm. And it's like every time, and this is a, a just, I won't say it's a good lesson, you can judge it. But I think it's every time I do something for the first time, it gets easier and easier. So like just meeting that resistance to create is gonna happen. Um, and so I think for me, especially with this stage of my life, I'm always asking myself or being presented the question. <laughs> well, not always, but if I'm not careful with my own energy and with my own routine and my own needs, like I'll forget to eat. Um, I have to then ask myself the question, show up on time or show up clear? <laughs> and it's totally, and mainly with stuff. No, never mind. I was about to give a, a caveat, but it's, that's, that's a lot. But show up on and it's not all the time, but it's like if I am off or I haven't been tending to myself, it's like, OK, you can get there when you said or and let everything let the chips fall where they may and they will fall or show it clear. But anyway, moving on. 
Um, like I said, I'm going to remind you. So I need you to hear it again and again and again. You are creative. I don't care what your job is. I don't care what your background is. You have the ability to take an idea and bring it into form or at least partner with people who can help you um, bring these things into form. So you're creative. You're multi-talented. You're not just supposed to be one thing. Like you don't have to have your role or your career be multi-hyphenated, but you might have a nine to five that you love and then, I don't know, brew beer in your house, but you're multi-talented. You're powerful. I don't care what your bank account say. Um, you have agency. You have the ability to decide. You're capable. So you are only dreaming of things that you have the skills, wherewithal, or connections to create. You're incredible. I can't believe you're here with me. Um, I mean, whatever. I mean, you're loved. Like, mm, it's a lot to say there. But you're loved, even whenever it doesn't seem like it. And I know that it is easy for it to not seem like it. So I'm not saying anything that is just out the way. Um, whew. So let's get into it. Let's chat. So in the first episode, I came out swinging. I said, you don't know who you are. You just out here doing stuff, hoping it work. I'm kidding. But that we might not know ourselves fully in the benefit of this. And I feel like if you make a claim like that, and you come with some of the density that I had to set the foundation, set the foundation with the the first ap- episode. It's like, okay, I need you to follow. You keep talking about ease and play, and now you're doing all the talk about religion. I need you to lift me up and give me some tools, give me some ways to kind of figure this stuff out. Um, so, like I said, very very good that you may or may not know yourself as well as you could. Um, let's do something with that. So, in the first episode, like I mentioned, as a kid, you are developing millions of neurons a day. And so neurons are the building blocks of the brain. And so essentially, in a manner of speaking, everything because your perception and how you like experiencing stuff. But millions of neurons a day, and then you're pruning. So you're getting rid of the neuron that you didn't need. I I really hate laying that because I could have used them. But with all of those, with such ease of of mental connection and the, the pace at which you are mapping out everything, the things that you are really interested in, you were very interested in because as a kid, you had more mental resources that were dedicated to each of these tasks. And also you didn't have bills and responsibility and all this silliness to kind of worry about. So, so the things that you liked are still in there. Like they are in there deep. They're just kind of like hidden under a, a few decades of conditioning. Um, but because that, that time period is so foundational, that's all you really are. Or at least we can say that that's maybe who you truly are. Like like what feels honest and authentic and, and, and like alignment to you. I would venture to say that life feels hard. And I've lived this, so I, I, can, I, can, I get it. Life feels hard because you're trying to remember your lines. We grow up, we learn all this stuff, and then we have to remember it. I can do this. I can't do this. I'm... A black man so I can't like pink um, I'm I have to seem tough I have to hum whistle or smile really big so women feel safe around me um, when I, anyway um, and so in trying to remember all of that I don't get to just show up and be myself <sighs> and then I have to pay bills then I have to sleep enough and then remember to eat and then in whatever time I have left which is none to find some hobbies to do and then I'm seeing a lot of us 
realize that we don't have hobbies and then learn those hobbies, either beat ourselves up because we're bad at it, try to market it and capitalize off of it. It's just too much. It's just too much. Um, so yeah, so millions of neurons a day as a kid, that's who you are. We can get back to that. And you have wells, pools, that's of you that we haven't touched yet. And I can't wait to see it kind of happen in the world. Uh, the letter to yourself. So like I said, if somebody ignored me, and this is, be gentle here, because this could fall like a rock. If somebody had, if I'm in a conversation or if I'm in a public setting and somebody has ignored me for 28, 29 years, I just won't speak. I'll just chill. Like, if I have to be here, and our inner children kind of do, if I have to be here, I'll just be quiet. You got it. Do your, sh- go on, girl, do your show. Um, so I think it's important to at least energetically write a letter to yourself, inviting yourself to guide you. Because if I were to have a kid and ignore them, I'm not going to be mad whenever they're quiet. I'm like, okay, what is your perspective here? What do you think about this? Like, does this job opportunity feel right to me? Does this relationship feel right to me? Does this city feel right to me? And then going back to that essence where you weren't concerned when you were two years old. No, that's that's a no for me. I'm not doing that. And I don't care what the punishment is. It's like getting back to that um, process. So like I mentioned, all of this is new. Um, and so I'm learning, and please take this, I'm learning that as I'm doing this for the first time, I'm adding resistance, and it's unconscious, but I'm adding resistance because of fear, nervousness. Is my voice going to sound right? Is the setup right? The whole thing. And so that's mind. That's mine and everything I've learned about other people's expectations, about being a little lispy, like the whole thing. But then I notice that whenever I sit down, like just now, sit down, it comes easy for me. It comes quick. Like the things that I want to say just kind of arrive. And that's me coming from heart. And so I want you to know whenever you're approaching your creative projects, when you're approaching, and by creative, I mean translating it from your idea to the real world. Like at work, I was creative. It might look like building an Excel sheet with macros that zip all over everywhere. That's creation. I think I think we have I think our societies have misoperationalized creativity to mean like only artistic pursuits and then they've denigrated them and say that's ridiculous, don't do that. But we're going to determine you what the creativity and the art that is important is and we're going to sell it to you and we're going to bring it back to you every 15 to 20 years because we don't need your ideas. Um, I told you it was going to be ranty and rambly, but we're going to get back. But when you're approaching your creative process, projects of any kind, run into the resistance that is your mind, that is fear. And instead of just beating yourself up for not starting, figure out what that resistance is, what that fear is. Is it something that you're bringing or is it outside expectations that are kind of coming in? Um, and then... Once your mind gets out of the way or once you finally start the work, just come, just flow from heart. And I don't want that to seem like really soft, even though that's the only thing I got for y'all. <laughs> come from heart. Like if you are doing tasks that feel like they drain you all the time, maybe that's not you coming from heart and you're being forced to live in mind. And I don't want that. Like, I, I don't want that. Um, so go easy. Give yourself time. There is no rush. Your life is waiting on you. Like you're the talent. Think of this like a self-paced class. And so if I find out that y'all don't have no notebooks and y'all just showing up to to AP healing without... Anyway, um, nah, never mind. I'm kidding. I'm talking to the, the talented and gifted. Um, no, there's not an episode on that. But think of this as like a self-paced class and go at your own pace. It is my assignment to make 
what I've learned available and it is your assignment to do whatever you will with it. There's no whatever. That's hopefully that point has been made clear. Um, let's dive in. So uh, the hook that may have gotten y'all here for better or worse was that you might not know yourself. So to follow up with that, to, to make that more practical, the transition from not knowing to knowing and observing and discovering. My first ask is that you would use your entire life as a dashboard. So I get the image that, and, and I think this has kind of come from like the last couple years and like just noticing things and noticing patterns. It's, I envision, I guess essentially like the matrix, but we're all like looking at a dashboard that is like our daily lives, us getting up and going to the bathroom, us going to anywhere. But like we're looking at a dashboard that is things like reminding us of who, who we are. And so when you're seeing 444 on the clock or you keep seeing a cardinal or people keep bringing up the same thing. Oh, I was just talking about that the other day. Those are, I don't Those are signs that are invitations. And so if you were to take the notebook that I assigned in, in the uh, syllabus and like just record all of those signs, you might very quickly notice a pattern and get a narrative that is very specific to you that is like leading you somewhere. Like my pastor, Miriam Hasne, <laughs> um, said, call them breadcrumbs. It's like you follow this. And like, I think often because we want these big and these magnificent lives, we don't want a, a loaf of bread. We want the bread bakery when it's like, if you follow the breadcrumbs, you'll see where all the delivery men came from. But use everything, use everything. Let everything in your experience be an invitation to live a more expansive or expensive. I won't yuck your yum. Um, to live a more expansive and expensive life. Each moment is a, a choice between two paths. And I think often we put a lot of weight on decisions like this job is the only job that I'm ever going to have again. So this needs to be the one instead of, again, going back to the top, you have the ability to choose. And so our lives are composed of the choices that we make. No one moment is going to be the end all, all be all up anything. And so allow yourself time to choose, allow yourself the, the ability to choose and let everything that you're coming across and regularly seeing be the data that you use to kind of influence your decision making. And so each moment is a choice between at least two paths. There's one path that is going to lead you back closer to yourself. And one is going to take you wherever all of these systems are going to take you. And like I said, the last episode, my systems and also maybe myself is going to take me to a Mercedes dealership. <laughs> like, no shade. I won't hold you. But always, always, always choose the thing that leads you back to yourself. Um, and so, like, let's get into some tangible examples. So, like I said, everything around you is a sign. So, even that is still, like, ambiguous and unhelpful, depending on, like, whatever. Um, so, like, let's get into it. So, superlatives. I think superlatives are an easy entry point in something external that is giving us information about ourselves. So, superlatives are, um, if you're not, if you didn't know the word, because I, I didn't. <laughs> Um, if superlative is like whenever you in school, like the, the best dress, the most likely to do something, the most, the silliest person, the most likely to succeed, that is, those are usually like voted on by your peers who are like kind of watching you in corporate America. After you get to like a certain level, we call it a 360, um, a 360 feedback kind of tool. 
Um, it's like other people are like observing you and giving you feedback. You'd never guess, or maybe you would. You probably would because that's how superlatives work. But I think I was in the fifth or sixth grade in the intermediate school. Um, and like I said, I used to try to be invisible. And I think this was also the year that I learned that I had um, terrible vision. Um, or at least I, didn't, I couldn't see in, in, I couldn't see the real world as clearly as I see the spirit. <laughs> uh, but I was in class, and for most of the year, I couldn't see the board. So I was just like, not do the stuff. But at the end of the year, they um, we got superlatives. And I got most likely to be a teacher and some sour patch kids <laughs> when i tell you i was hot because i was super excited for the superlative i'm like okay i can't wait to hear what they talking about i said a teacher and this is no shade to teachers because i was always low-key jealous of the students who had teachers because they were always at the top of the class like in the summertime i was waking up at two o'clock in the afternoon going to bed at two o'clock in the morning and the teacher's kids were doing homework assignments over the summer learning and they got into the best school. So thank we want to thank all of our teachers and parents. Stop going down to that school. And I, anyway, whatever. But I said, a teacher, I don't like kids like that. And I don't, I don't, I don't even like talking to y'all. I don't even like talking to y'all. And Sour Patch Kids, I'm a Twizzlers guy myself. I don't know if it's a, or at least I used to be that, whatever. But I think after having lived life for a while, I began to notice, oh, I do like passionately telling people what I like learning about in ways that they can understand. And okay, these Sour Patch Kids do have like a sweet finish that I can appreciate and their sourness keeps people at bay. All right, so whatever, whatever. We'll, we'll try it on and see. But the point there is that Something like that. Like, if people are voting you for something at work, um, if people are like, oh, you get this tech stuff, you get this tech stuff so easy, um, it's not that those things need to automatically become your profession or your personality, but they're data. And I think often we take for granted our environment, what we feel, our experience, because we're taught to, but our experience that we don't see the very clear signs of who. We are being most supported to be and we're always being most supported to be ourselves, not always in our environments, which is why leave them alone, move away, <laughs> leave them. Anyway, anyway, um, another example. So cartoons, I think I was just on the phone with my cousin, which we'll get back to you. I was just on the phone with my cousin and we were talking about he remembers every single cartoon that we ever, ever watched, every movie, every character that I ever liked, the whole nine. It is eerie, but. Even the people that you like, and like I, I joked about in the first episode about the Red Power Ranger Syndrome, um, but even the cartoons and cartoon character that you like provide some data about yourself because we often only see in others what we see or have in ourselves. And so I'll give some examples. Two of my favorite characters um, of like all time, I guess, essentially, are the Scarlet Witch and Jean Grey slash the Dark Phoenix. Man, they did not do great with those stories. But I stand Famke Jensen. I pronounce her name. But I think what I think resonates with me most about the Scarlet Witch and Jean Grey is that they were both very powerful, essentially Omega level mutants and whatever the Scarlet Witch is, depending on who kind of owns the rights. Um, that they were afraid of and that they could later use for good or bad. And because I like a, a strong female protagonist with like a villain arc. 
It's like, I can be the bad guy for a little bit. Like, I still have my, my morals and values intact. I just need to get this off my chest. But I think once I allowed myself to see myself in those characters that I adored and thought were somehow far from me or because they were a fantasy that they weren't useful to my daily life, once I actually started to see myself in them, it was like, okay, I could see my own hero's journey and the things that I was scared to do and was most being summoned to kind of um, undertake. Um, like Jean Grey, like she's a thinker, <laughs> she's a thinker, but she also, I don't know if it's low iron. I don't know. If she like me doesn't eat, but she will give you a finisher and then she'll be finished. <laughs> and I will give you a six mile bike ride and say, oh, wow, I have not eaten a thing in the last two days. That's crazy. But I think from that. You can, you can gain a lot of information from just the character that you like. Um, I've also noticed it in my relationships. So I mentioned my sister. Um, we joke all the time that we're like the Wonder Twins. And we're separated by a lot of years. But we have very similar minds, similar approaches to life. And I don't think it's simply because she kind of helped raise me. I think it's we're designed similarly. Um, the cousin I was on the phone with. For at least... <laughs> Three years, me and this cousin, um, hey Joe, me and this, me and this cousin, would physically fight at every family event. We were like playing, of course, and mostly just wrestling and rolling around on the floor trying to best each other. But I'm talking Thanksgiving, Christmas, the family reunion, the Fourth of July. The family knew it. They anticipated it. They said, "Okay, they're gonna see each other, and it's gonna happen. We don't know when. Somebody's gonna bump somebody, and it's gonna turn into a fight." Um, we broke my parents' sofa. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> just stop there. <laughs> Let's just say that there are bodies buried, and I won't say where. But another duo example, similar to with my sister, um, I think about Nefertiti from um, Nefertiti and Anax in the Moon from The Mummy, um, whichever one with whatever that means. Um, sorry to dismay. Um, Starfire and Blackfire, um, Azula and Ty Lee, um, one that is like lost in her head and stuck between two worlds and one that is sharp, talented, and prepared for a variety of circumstances. Um, and I think whenever I started to reflect on that, it's just like, oh, there is more just looking at that correspondence, there is much more than we're meant to be doing together. It's like all of those shows, those things that he keeps reminding me of, are, and I love it, uh, reminding me of are signs, reminders, invitations for us to do our kind of co-mission together. I have to say that we haven't fought in a while because she's scared. She's scared, but it's fine. It's fine. Uh, moving on. So another easy way to kind of skirt what we're going to do at the end um, what you gonna do? I got plans this weekend. Um, what we're gonna do at the end is I want you to think about every compliment that you probably don't receive well. Um, every compliment that you receive that you shrug off or that you want to shrug off. So, so when we're trying to remember our lines, it's often that someone will give us a compliment that feels, I don't know, let's say improperly placed. And then we're like, oh no, that was nothing. I don't have to. It did. It, it, that wasn't that hard at all. Like personal finance, some people really get personal finance, and some people is like, 
I don't even look at them accounts. I just hope for the best. But given how connected we are, we all are, if I say to you, um, you have the ability to provide a very crisp reframe of a situation, it's easy to shrug that off as, oh, that's just the way that I think, instead of that is a, a thing, a value, a gift that I can offer the world, not initially and immediately for pay. And like, let's use another example. If somebody is just musical and they're just rock, 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 tap, 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 all the time, I'm gonna get hell for that. Um, doing that all the time, it's like, oh, you're musical. And it's just like, oh, I just kind of like be in my head and stuff. And it's like, no, you are being in your body and that's where you need to be more often. Um, so I would go back to all those compliments that you didn't want to receive that felt like that's not me. Why do people keep saying that? And don't just put it on, but consider it for a second. Put those lenses on and see what the world looks like with those. So with that, <laughs> let's relearn what we used to love. And I'm going to say it probably every episode. Gen let's relearn what we used to love and gently cultivate ourselves. When people are talking about reparenting, think about if you had the opportunity to reparent your gifted seven-year-old self, how might you do it? <laughs> and so do it gently because then you'll get to receive your gifts. And by gifts, the thing that you're naturally good at, the thing that you're most passionate about, that will make you work your 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 main job or what could potentially currently be the most draining thing for you quickly because you want to get back to the other thing that you love. But don't capitalize yourself. Don't take a hobby for weaving and then say, okay, I need a weaving business. At least not immediately. It's okay if you make money off of what you then find because ultimately the goal is to have a life that's fully aligned. But if you start with an end product, Hmm. Um, capitalism, she's tired and over. Let her be. Like, I get it. We have to pay bills. And I'm not coming in here to say this system is better than this system. Because like I said, or maybe I didn't say it. But my thing with religion and schooling and affiliations and groups, they're all fine until you start adding an energetic charge that you're willing to fight for. At that point, we have the Crusades. Um... Yeah, so capitalism, she's finished. Forget her. Um, but don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. Ignore all the noise. You just being you. And I get it. It sounds like, oh, I'm just not doing anything. We'll get there. You just being you is plenty. It's literally all the world needs. Like, the world is out chasing. Uh, whatever. I'm going to run that point into the ground. But you being you is more than enough. You don't need all these affiliations. You don't need all those links and those save tabs. You can close your Chrome with all 90 of those windows unless you're working on a project. Like, let's not lose sight of what's important. But have fun. Give yourself some new experiences. Learn some new feelings. Like, we already know frustration, anger, bitterness, outrage, sadness, fear, lack, the whole, like, the whole thing. We are very, very familiar but let's have fun while the world burns. We didn't set it on. We didn't start the fire. We did. I didn't. It was always burning. <laughs> but write the intentions for your life on a sheet of paper and throw it into the dumpster fire that these leaders have created. We're fine. It might not seem like it. It might not always feel like it, but we're fine. Everything is okay. It's going to be okay. 
And I will do my best to not use such fatalistic terms, but I'm trying to get us to organize around an idea that's false or that's not the whole picture and then like say, oh, that don't have to be true for me. Like, whatever. Um, I'm going to let that go. But because we're wrapping up and we should. <laughs> so if you haven't got your notebook, pen, recorder, what I'm going to call it, like your love container, because it, 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 the look and feel matter less to me than a place where you can see your evolution. But it's important that you have a container for this journey. But this is essentially the end of this episode, um, kind of, or the, the, the knowledge part. And I thought this was going to be more rambly. But so you can pause here. But for the rest of it, I'm going to ask you just a series of questions that I would recommend that you answer for yourself. Maybe on a sheet of paper. Maybe you record it to yourself. Maybe you were who knows? Who knows what your process is? Practice, try a bunch of stuff, see what works. Um, but I'm going to ask a, a bunch of questions to help you find some clarity or to access your own clarity. And so I, w- I invite you to kind of do this kind of kind of quickly. So I don't know how you do that. If you pause and you ramble, you pause and ramble or you try to write like in them like. 60 second multiplication tables, things that I was always winning. That's not why we're here. Gifted and talented kids are the worst. They're insufferable, but um, insufferable. And most of us, whatever. Um, But try to do this quickly so you can bypass your mind. Because I promise that the years of conditioning that we've naturally all had to go through to, to function inside of a society. To function inside of a society will make it difficult to just like let these answers be as adults it's just really hard especially with all these responsibilities to access truths from our purest selves hence the reason why i'm saying write an invitation letter say oh i love you i'm sorry i invite you back in because we often take as fact what is actually an option in our lives so fact is like oh you have to have a job you have to work to survive i guess and that's a part of it. You, in this current structure, need money to buy food, but you don't have to work in the way that you, that has often been told to us. And like, I don't want to get too far down there because like, but hopefully we get it. And if not, we have time, but we often take as fact, what is an option? So jobs, locations, family stuff. Like I can't be this because my family, I can't be this because of this relationship. And we limit ourselves based on all of these isms that color or decolor our world, which is why I'm so heavy with the inner child stuff, because I'm trying to take us back to a version of ourselves. Sorry, that didn't give a It's like, no, I don't like that. And I might be quiet about the fact that I don't like it, but I'm not going to stop disliking it. So, yes. So do this. The thing that I'm recommending, inviting, asking but more important than that, and the thing that helps us create our lives is our vibration, our frequency, and said plainly, our feelings, like our alignment with what we want, our alignment with what we want to create in the world. At that point, like the, the, the steps just kind of like appear, kind of like Magneto, um, everywhere you put your feet, like you don't have to worry about the next step because you know it's going to be there. So it is important that we, we tend to our or your UDO so you always know what station you're on. And if you're frustrated and you're mad and you feel like being mad, but just be, be clear about where you are. And so then once you have that clarity, you can say, okay, I can't create what I want from this. I can't sit down and record this podcast episode if I'm pissed. And I mean, I could, but I know how sharp and cutting that can be. And I don't want that. So that is the mini rant that I thought was going to be less than 15 minutes. And so then let's do the, um, 
I'm going to ask these questions now. So grab a pen, grab some paper, maybe pause here, come back later. Um, I have a book that says um, for when you're high or something. And so this is just a book about like writing. I might take that with me today. Um, <laughs> and I'm not cutting that out. Um, it's a book about like learning about yourself or like writing things, answering questions when you're high. But this is not that episode, so we're going to forget that. But I want you to take a moment, uh, maybe if you're somewhere quiet or somewhere where you can be uninterrupted for however much time that you allot for this. But I want you to take some time and kind of reflect on your 7 to 10-year-old self. Maybe grabbing a picture is helpful. Um, If you have a picture of like a birthday party or something that kind of transports you back, if there's a scent or a snack or something that you like as a kid, you could be helpful in this. But unless like, I'm sorry, let me not make this too dense. But what was your favorite color as a kid? Um, what was your favorite cartoon? Who was your favorite cartoon character? It can be more than one, of course. What was your favorite movie as a kid? This could still be the same movie, but just one that kind of inspires a child likeness. What was your favorite toy? or type of toy? Why did you like playing with it, that specific toy? What was your favorite class? And this could be this could have been pre-K if you can access all the memories. Did you like structure or to do your own thing? Did you like consistency or inspired action? What was your favorite activity? What was your favorite book? Did you play an instrument? If so, which one? Did you want to play an instrument and didn't? Which one? Did you have a pet? Did you want a pet? What did you regularly get in trouble for? What were you regularly praised for? Which superlatives did you receive? What stories do your family and friends still tell about you? When you were alone as a kid, what were you doing? What did you spend your time on most? If you were your eight-year-old self right now, with the knowledge you have, what would you spend the majority of your time doing? What did you do with your friends or like doing? Or what did you like most about your friends? What could you never get enough of doing? I think for me it was laughing. (laughs) That's probably apparent. Um... What did you like and not like about your morning routine? Your general daily routine? Your family routine? What did you like or dislike about your environment? And this could be home, this could be school, this could be your neighborhood. What made you cry? What made you laugh uncontrollably? How are you known to behave? There's a lot of data there. Which playground structure were you most fond of? What felt natural to you that your family system either felt uncomfortable with or tried to raise out of you? Why didn't you like the people that you didn't like as a kid? I think this is a thing called contrast that we'll get into later um, from Aunt Esther Hicks. But... Answer these questions for yourself, and they'll more or less 
bring up things that are true or false and it doesn't matter the the veracity of them but take them as data and going back to the uh, analogy of it being a dashboard if you can see oh y'all love this if you can see all your kpis kind of displayed you can kind of get a clear picture of where you are and what your performance is um you'll know if it's tens or if, it, if you get chopped diced and minced up on that floor anyway um and ask a friend Take a few of these questions and ask your friends. And even better, you'll get extra credit for this. None of this is graded, but somebody's going to get something at the end. Um, go do it. Like, I don't want y'all to sit like we do with podcasts and just sit. We don't take any notes. Not that we should, but... And we don't do anything and we don't change from it. Like, we are being invited every single day to more aligned and... and I always hedge because people resist it, but easier lives. We just are. And you can believe it or not, or just watch me, but I'm done with hard labor. But go do the thing. It's why I have trouble sitting down. I would much rather be doing activities. So I'm going to ask myself a few of these questions again, and I'm going to go do something this weekend. And add your own questions. Like, this is a, a, a lifetime dance of not only getting to know ourselves, but creating ourselves. And let yourself be the author and not somebody else because they are in the writer's room. Never mind. Let me go. Let me stop. So go at your own pace. Trust that you already, already, already know the way. Close your eyes and just start walking and you'll bump into yourself. But be curious, be gentle, and have fun. You are not a job unless you're a city girl. And with that, I love y'all so much. On the next episode, we'll go into some more tools and some more practical ways to lean into that curiosity. We're going to dispel some lies because that's what I'm here for. And more importantly, we're going to create lives that we really, really enjoy and love. So I hope that you all have a fantastic whatever dispensation of time y'all are listening to. So that could be week, weekend, month, holiday season. Um, Yeah. And I will see you next time.